We are living in unprecedented times. We are living in exciting times. And now, more than ever, the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to be proclaimed by those mouths who love Jesus. How should we go? We need to go in power. And so that's what today is about. Today we're answering questions on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who do not know what it is, we're going to be answering what it is. If you don't know how to receive it, we're going to be answering how we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a good day on Commissioned. Stick around. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Commission. Welcome to the very first ever commissioned episode that is actually on video as well. Uh, If you are listening through a podcast thing, just know you can always find this at Firefalling Ministries YouTube site. So welcome, guys. Welcome to Commission. As we just talked about today, we're going to be talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is it? Uh, How do we receive it? All these different questions that a lot of people have. Uh, for me personally, I had no idea what the baptism of the Holy Spirit even was until about the year of 2015. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and I got my little iPad right here. I'm going to scroll through uh, the questions that we're going to be answering today and letting you know what it is. Okay, so spirit baptism or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Question one, is it real? Okay, so we'll be answering, is it real? We'll be answering the question of, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit received upon salvation? Or you could say, received upon belief in Jesus. Okay. Uh, the third question that we're answering today is, what does the baptism in the Holy Spirit look like? Okay. The fourth question is, how do we receive it, the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And the last question that I will be answering today is the question of, why do we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So these are all really good questions that a lot of people have when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and kind of learning about what it is. So for me, like I just said, 2015, I went to a gospel crusade at the Dynamo Stadium in Houston, uh, February 20. 3rd, actually, no, 21st, February 23rd is my wife's birthday. February 21st, 2015, I went to a gospel crusade at the Dynamo Stadium put on by the ministry Christ for All Nations. And if you don't know what that ministry is, go look it up. It's an absolutely amazing ministry, over 80 million documented salvations, not just people who believe in Jesus, documented salvations from the standpoint of people who are discipled as well, not just converted, but discipled. As we know that the Bible says, and Jesus himself said, make disciples of all nations, not make converts of all nations. So this is a super awesome ministry. Uh, That was the first time I had ever even heard of them, that I went to this place. And the first time I'd ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke or Daniel Kalinda, but it was the first time that I had ever seen people healed in the name of Jesus when hands were laid on them. And it was also the first time I had ever seen the baptism of the Holy Spirit or heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so today, what we're going to be starting with, I'm just letting you know in advance, uh, today is going to look a little bit different. Uh, as you know, the ministry that we're doing this podcast through is called Fire Falling Ministries. That is 
kind of the basis of this ministry is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We really believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to be walking through biblically what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Everything I'm going to give you today is Bible verses. I'm going to give you a lot of Bible verses. It's all stuff that has been found through biblical study, and it's not my own opinions. It's not my own agenda. This is the words of Jesus because it's the Bible, okay? He is the Word made flesh. He is the Word of God. And so we know that His Word is truth, and the Word is either 100% infallible and true, or we have to throw it out because there's stuff that's not right about it. So if we truly believe that the Word of God is 100% truth, then I cannot take pieces and bits of the Bible that I don't like or that I think are uncomfortable and throw them out just because it makes me uncomfortable. If there's a part of the Bible that makes me uncomfortable, then I need to seek the Holy Spirit and why that makes me uncomfortable. But I need to understand, and I want you to understand, that the Bible is 100% true. Okay, so if we're reading what the Word of God says, I don't get to make the decision of, well, I don't want to believe that because I don't want to. Okay, uh, we're going to go all into this stuff really quickly. I just want to prepare you all. Uh, it's going to take, it's not going to be super long, but it is going to be a little bit longer than the typical like eight to 10 minute podcasts because this is such a uh, controversial topic, I'd say. Uh, there is a lot of people, for instance, I grew up in the Methodist church. Uh, I have a lot of friends who grew up in the Baptist church that never learned about it. I never learned about it until 2015. That was only five years ago. I'm 28. I didn't learn about it until I was 23. Uh, but it's such a controversial topic based off of there's two camps of this absolutely cannot be because I'm not comfortable about what it talks about tongues. And then there's the camp of this absolutely always has to have tongues and look like tongues, and we just, we can just start yelling in tongues as much as we want uh, during the church service and things like that. And so there's two different camps that are kind of just like really polar opposite, and both are not correct. So we're going to be talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. And the first question, like I said, let's go ahead and hop in. The first question is, is it real? Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit real? I will say yes. I will say that I personally experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit on my own while I was driving in my car. I did not honestly know if I believed in it or not, but I, I saw, asked the Lord uh, to receive it if it was real, and I received it. So there is that, my experience, and no one can take that away from me. I wasn't necessarily even sure of, of whether I believed it or not. But to answer the question, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit real? I'm not going to give you the answer to this question based off of my own experience. Though you can't argue with my experience and you can't say, well, that's not true. Uh, that's still, it's not a basis for why you should believe that it's true. If you understand what I'm saying. Just because I say, well, I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you should all of a sudden go, well, I trust Jake, and since Jake said he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then now I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to give you why it is real based off of biblical evidence. And so we're just going to walk through Bible verses a bit today and talk about what they're saying, talk about all this stuff, and then you can decide for yourself whether or not you actually truly believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So question one is, is it real? I'm going to take you to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 11, and I'm going to take you through all four Gospels real quick, plus also the book of Acts. Uh, and Matthew 3.11 says this, I indeed, this is John the Baptist talking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Excuse me. Okay, and, and now let's take a look at Mark chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, says this. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's twice that we've seen in both, in two of the three synoptic gospels that John the Baptist says, I baptized you with water. But one is coming after me, Jesus the Messiah, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Luke chapter 3, verse 16, this is the third synoptic gospel. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so all three synoptic gospels, we see that this travels through all three synoptic gospels, that Jesus is supposed to baptize in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, there's clearly a difference between water baptism for repentance that John is doing and a fire baptism or a Holy Spirit baptism that Jesus does. Okay, so now let's look even to the fourth gospel, the gospel of John, which we know is so much different than the other three gospels. But it's still, this theme carries from one, two, three, four. Through four Gospels, this theme carries. And John 1, verses 32 through 34, say this, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, that's God sent him to baptize with water, he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So even right here in the book of John, we see the Spirit of God descends upon Jesus when he's baptized in the Jordan River and remains upon him. And John said that the Lord told him, he who you see the Spirit descend upon and remain, this is him who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And this is the Son of God. So, and we'll go further into depth on that in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and look at another verse right here. So this is Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Okay? This is Jesus actually talking in this verse. And being assembled together with them, his disciples. This is after, just so you know, for context, this is after Jesus has died. This is after he has been resurrected. And this is also after he has breathed on them and said for them to receive the Holy Spirit. So... 
This is Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. And being assembled together with them, his disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? And the last verse we're going to look at right here is Luke chapter 24, verses 49. Not verses, verse 49. Behold, this is Jesus talking. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, or you could say clothed, until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay? There's a verse that we're going to talk about later. It's the verse... Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it actually says, and it's Jesus talking also, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then right here in Luke 24, 49, he says, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So until you receive the Holy Spirit. What's awesome about this, that I love about this verse, and even the verse before it, is of all of the promises, of all the promises that God has made throughout the Word of God, which He has made tons of promises to us throughout His Word, of all of them, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the one that is reserved to be called the promise of the Father. How amazing is that? Acts 1, 4 through 5, we saw that He said, Jesus said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Okay, that was the verse previous. That was verse 4. Wait for the promise of the Father. And then in Luke 24, he still says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, which we know, based off of these two verses working tandem together, that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So is the baptism in the Holy Spirit real? Unequivocally, Yes, the baptism of the Holy Spirit 100% is real, okay? We haven't talked about what it looks like yet. We haven't talked about anything like that. But we can find through all four Gospels and the book of Acts, the baptism of the Holy Spirit travels through all four Gospels and into the book of Acts and even more throughout the book of Acts. So we can understand that Jesus came to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire, okay? What that looks like? We'll talk about that soon. How we receive it, we'll talk about that soon. But there cannot be a debate as to whether or not the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real or not because it's not based off of my opinion. It's not based off of your opinion. It's not based about what makes me comfortable. What it's based off of is what the Word of God says, and I cannot take the Word of God and choose what I want to believe and choose what I don't want to believe. I have to take His Word for what it is, the Word of God, the truth, okay? So we see now it's real. It's 100% real. But now let's look at the next question. The next question is, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit received upon salvation? So just to clarify what we're talking about here, very frequently, very often, there's the belief, which is what I was raised believing, and most people are raised believing, uh, who are not raised in a charismatic type of environment. Most people are raised believing that as soon as you believe in Jesus, you receive 100% of the Holy Spirit what you are supposed to receive. There's nothing more to receive of the Holy Spirit, but you receive 
all of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in that moment upon salvation or or upon conversion, we could say. And so that's the question we're answering right now is, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit, is all of the Holy Spirit received upon salvation? So I guess you could ask, do we always receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as soon as we believe? Okay, and so we're only going to look at three verses for this question. And the first verse we're going to look at is John chapter 20, verses 21 through 22. Okay, so and just so you all know, this whole time I'm reading through on the New King James Version of my Bible. Okay, so John chapter 20, verses 21 through 22 say this. So Jesus, the words of Jesus, said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So when we look at this verse, contextually, we have to understand what's happening here. This is after Jesus has died. This is after Jesus has been resurrected, and it's before he has ascended permanently into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. So he's talking to his disciples right here. Okay, He's talking to his disciples and says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the question we have to understand is, did they receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit right there when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit? And what we can find out is, no, they did not receive the fullness of what he had for them. Okay, They were completely 100% filled and filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he filled them, but they did not receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So just, I'm just going to cheat ahead just a second. We had just read not that long ago, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then in Luke 24, 49, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high or until you are clothed with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus breathed on his disciples, they received the Holy Spirit. But he said, as we can see, after he's done this, after he's breathed on them and said to receive the Holy Spirit, he tells them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit or until they're clothed with power from on high, until they receive the promise of the Father. So the question that I have to pose to you, if you are skeptical about whether or not the Holy Spirit baptism is real or if you can receive it, the question I have to ask you is, is Jesus a liar? And the answer is absolutely no. And you would say, absolutely no, he's not a liar. 100% he's not a liar. And you're totally right. So if Jesus has been died or crucified, resurrected, and before he ascends, he breathes on his disciples and tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. If they have received the fullness of the Holy Spirit in that moment when he breathed on them, then why does he tell them to tarry in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit? Okay, he's not a liar that he would say something happened and it didn't actually happen. Okay, so if he breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit, then yes, they received the Holy Spirit, but they did not yet receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and of what he had come to do, which was to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire is what the Gospels say. So we'll keep answering this question. Now we see in Joel chapter Two verses 28 through 29, and it shall come to pass, 
Afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, in the last days. Okay. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says this. Okay. Get this. I want you to understand this one right here. If you then, this is Jesus talking. If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Spirit or give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we run into this this instance again. If when Jesus has breathed on His disciples and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit," why did He tell them to tarry in Jerusalem till they received the Holy Spirit? And even further, if we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon conversion without having to do anything other than confessing Jesus with our mouth and and our heart, and we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why does Jesus himself say that the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, If we receive everything of the Holy Spirit at once upon conversion, why do we have to ask the Father for the Holy Spirit? Why shouldn't we just know it's 100% done it's all done, we're infilled and clothed in the Holy Spirit because Jesus came to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire and there's more of the Holy Spirit to receive upon later than just upon conversion, okay? They can both happen together, okay? You can get, you can believe in Jesus and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. What I'm talking about here is that that does not always 100% happen. Okay, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not always accompanied by a person giving their life to Jesus. When a person gives their life to Jesus, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, but they are not always clothed with the Holy Spirit immediately. Okay, so that answers the question of, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit given upon salvation? Typically, we would say, we can't answer for 100%, so we would say, no, not necessarily, There has to be more that a person has to receive from the Holy Spirit or from the Father, which is the promise of the Father, okay? Now, the third question, what does it look like? What does the baptism in the Holy Spirit look like? So, we've spent this whole time talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and if it's real or if we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon conversion, now we're going to talk about what it actually means looks like. And so I'm going to give you Bible verses, like I said before, that show what the baptism in the Holy Spirit looks like. It's not 100% my opinion. It's 100% the Word of God. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This is the first time that the Holy Spirit is poured out at all in the Bible. This is the first time that people receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's on the Feast of Pentecost, Okay, and this is what Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem for. They tarried in Jerusalem, and then 10 days later they received this on the day of Pentecost. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 say this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's awesome. 
that's 100% awesome. What we, what we even see after that is right after this, Peter preaches the gospel for the first time, and 3,000 people come to be saved, okay? Now let's look at another verse. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 19. This is another instance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, Okay, the Samaritans, as we know, are the ones that the Jews hated. The Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So look at this verse. Let's break this down real quick. It's very... This is one of my favorite verses about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's super key. So, it said, When they had come down, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. If we receive all of the Holy Spirit as soon as we are converted to Christianity, as soon as we believe in the name of Jesus, if we receive everything, why did they have to pray for them to receive it? And why does it say he had fallen upon none of them? As of yet, he had fallen upon none of them. Okay, If we receive everything of the Holy Spirit at conversion, why are hands laid on them for them to receive the Holy Spirit? Then, just to take it a step further, this verse goes even a step further, which I love, and it said, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that means they had only been baptized with water. So there is a difference between a water baptism and and a spiritual baptism by fire. So just to clarify, I don't think I clarified this at the beginning of the video, the baptism we are talking about right now is not water baptism, okay? 100% not water baptism. John came and baptized in water for repentance. One is coming after him who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. We're not talking about water baptism. We're talking about fire baptism. We're talking about spirit baptism. So just to clarify that for you, in case you were wondering, I thought that I've been baptized. We're not talking about dunking your head in the water. We're talking about getting clothed, immersed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Acts chapter nine, this is another, another verse. Okay. We have uh, three more verses for this Acts chapter nine on what it looks like. Verses 17 through 18, and Ananias went his way and entered the house. This is when Ananias is coming to Saul, who is Paul, okay? And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled or fulfilled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So right here we see that there's a difference between Paul receiving the infilling or the clothing of the Holy Spirit and him being baptized in water because he receives the Holy Spirit. He's filled or fulfilled, clothed in the Holy Spirit. And then after that, he goes and he's baptized in water. Okay, so Acts chapter 10, verses 40 through, 44 through 47 says this. This is about the Gentiles, 
Okay? So, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision, Jews, who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Okay, so even right here we see the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the Gentiles, and it looks like something. They spoke in tongues and magnified God, and all of the Jews are like blown away because the promise of the Father is given to the Gentiles also, not just to the Jews. Okay, and then Peter says, can anyone forbid water? that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as we have. So even here we see there's a difference between receiving even more of the Holy Spirit because they had already believed than there is to just water baptism. There's a difference between spirit baptism and water baptism for repentance. Okay, Acts chapter 19, verses 2 through 6 say this, and this is the last verse we're talking about in regards to what the baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like. Okay. Acts chapter 19 verses 2 through 6 say this. He said to them, this is Paul talking at Ephesus. He said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" They said to him, "We have not we we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit." And he said to them, "Into what then were you baptized?" So they said, "Into John's baptism, into water baptism." Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in water. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So even here we see that there's a difference between water baptism and spirit baptism. Yes, but we also see that Paul had them baptized in the water in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when he laid hands on them, they also were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Okay, so real quick on this verse again, just to clarify once again, if we receive the fullness of of the Holy Spirit upon salvation or upon belief in Jesus, upon conversion, why did Paul say, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If we receive everything all at once when we believe, Paul wouldn't say, did you receive the Holy Spirit? He would tell them that they received the Holy Spirit and tell them what that entailed, okay? So three questions have been answered, and that was, is it real? Uh, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit given upon salvation, and what does the baptism of the Holy Spirit look like? So based off of these verses, we see the first time the Spirit's ever ever poured out, they speak, they spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The second time, it says, um, they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't necessarily... Um, it doesn't say what it looked like necessarily. It doesn't say that they spoke in tongues is what I'm getting at in this verse in Acts chapter 8 verses 14 through 19. It doesn't specify that they spoke in tongues. What it does specify is that it looked like something because Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money 
saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So we know that they received the Holy Spirit. It does not specify whether or not they spoke in tongues, but it does specify that there was power involved and that it looked like something. When the kingdom of God manifests, it looks like something. If you if we pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and nothing happens, then we can we can assume that the baptism of the Holy Spirit hasn't taken place yet because it always looks like something. It has to be accompanied with power or with the kingdom of God. So Acts chapter 9 verses 17 through 18 also doesn't specify that Paul spoke in tongues. We know later throughout the Bible that Paul says that he speaks in tongues all the time uh, or, or prays in tongues all the time. But it doesn't specify in Acts chapter 9 whether or not he prayed in tongues. What it does specify is that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and something like scales fell from his eyes. Okay, Acts chapter 10, we saw that they did speak in tongues. Okay, It says in verse, I believe, 46, For they heard them speak. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That was the Gentiles. And then Acts chapter 19 also says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So just to clarify real quick, we, we just went over five times that the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place in the Bible, all in the book of Acts. And to specify what it looks like, I will tell you, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I spoke in tongues. I spoke in tongues while I was driving my car. Uh, I do not necessarily think that it always has to look like tongues. I don't necessarily believe that because biblically it doesn't necessarily always say that tongues are present. Okay, It shows that power is present. Jesus himself said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, he doesn't say you will receive tongues. He said you will receive power. So we know that the kingdom of God has to look like something. It has to manifest when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I don't necessarily believe that it has to always be in the form of tongues. Okay, it, it was for me and most people I know but I do not believe that it always takes form in that version of tongues. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that you can read about. Um, I believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So go read about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues is only one of the nine. So with that being said, we know what it looks like, that it looks like the kingdom of God. It looks like power manifesting. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like. Okay, and last, next to last question is this. How do you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So if you're listening, it could be very easy for you to hear, oh, I need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I need to try to be good, and I need to try to uh, not sin. I need to try to make sure I have everything correct and do all the right stuff, so that way I'll be good enough so I can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the spiritually elite. That's not correct, Okay. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for the spiritually elite. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the spiritually needy, the people who need Jesus, which I hope is everyone. Uh, and so we're going to talk about how we receive it real quick, and it's not hard, okay? So Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says this, If you then, which we've already read this before, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? With an exclamation mark at the end of it. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? To those who ask. Okay, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, we already talked about this one. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So, it's called the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Then, he says to his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. I want to clarify the tarrying in Jerusalem, the tarrying part, is over, okay? The Holy Spirit has been poured out. The Holy Spirit has been given. There is no go and tarry for 40 days until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the promise of the Father. It is a promise made by God for you that you can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not only that, Jesus himself says, how much more will my Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. It is that simple. It's seriously that simple. Ask him for it. Ask him as a child coming to his dad for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you will receive it. 100% you'll receive it. I've heard it said that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about the seeking, and once you're seeking, then you have actually received, and then you just have to wait until you actually receive it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about the seeking. Okay, it is about the receiving. One hundred and ten percent, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about receiving it. Okay, because it's easy to receive. Anytime we're not receiving it, it is because we are getting in the way. We're focused on worrying about tongues. We're focused on worrying about what it's going to look like. We're focused on worrying about what we're going to look like. To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is easy. It's not work. It's not striving. It's not working hard to be good enough. It is a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. That is what the Bible says. You who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father. It is not just a promise. It is the promise promise that he loves to fulfill. That is how you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Ask him for it and let yourself go. Let your flesh get behind you and let the Spirit come and have his way. Okay? So that is how we receive it. And lastly, and most importantly, because we've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it looks like, all this stuff, now the most important question, why Do we receive it? Why do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You do not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can sit on the couch and be a couch potato. There is no such thing. Reinhard Bonnke, actually, who we talked about earlier, says there is no such thing as an anointed couch potato. And it's true. Okay? We do not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that way we can have power for power's sake. It's not, I have power through the Holy Spirit now, so I can just tell everybody that I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, I've, I've got another badge on my chest. I've received another thing, another medal of honor uh, in the kingdom of God, and I have power now. That is not what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, and that is not why we receive it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is given for the sake 
of the gospel. That is the thing that Jesus came to give us. He came to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire, not so that way we would just be happy, but so that way we would go about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ in power to the lost that they may be saved and that the kingdom of God would not just be talk, but power, that it would manifest on earth. Jesus said in the prayer himself, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is said that we are ambassadors of Christ. So we have the opportunity to walk as ambassadors and carry the kingdom of God with us everywhere we step. And when we are walking in the baptism in the Holy Spirit power, we are walking for the sake of evangelism. We're not walking for the sake of being happy that we have power. Just to clarify this, let's look. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's not the last of the verse. Okay, So often I hear people say this verse and they say, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes, but let's read further. Okay, And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, That's Jesus talking. You will receive the baptism, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Why? To preach the gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, this is Jesus talking. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Just so you know, both of these these verses right here, all three of them, the last Acts 1, 8, Matthew 28, 19, and Mark 16, 15, are all verses he says close to before he ascends into heaven. Okay, this is all said after he's been resurrected. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 49. So we've already read uh, Luke 24, 49, but now we're going to read a couple of verses before that to get even more context on what Jesus is saying. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So right here, we see the promise of the Father is coming upon you. Why? So that way, repentance and remissions of sins should be preached. In Jesus' name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 says this, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of, Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. So this verse right here and the next one I'm going to read are a little bit off on the side, but they're important, okay? Matthew chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 say this, But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so, this is Jesus talking to John the Baptist when he's baptized in the Jordan, 
Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. So just a reminder real quick, we talk about at the beginning of the podcast, John the Baptist said that the Lord said to him, he who you see the Spirit descend upon and remain is he who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Jesus thinks that baptism in the Holy Spirit is so important that he showed us that even he received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him before he began his ministry, and his ministry was what? the gospel. But before he went and preached the gospel, even he was baptized in the water and was co- was uh, covered with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him and remained upon him, which we know when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and remains upon us. The Holy Spirit does not leave. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we know that the Holy Spirit is showing us, that Jesus is showing us The baptism in the Holy Spirit is 100% crucial to our walk with Him and 100% crucial to fulfilling the great commission of evangelism and of seeing the lost saved, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So the question is, why are we going around so often in just word? There's so much of not walking in power. Why? Because we haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we've never learned about it. Or why? Because we don't necessarily believe in it. But look at what the Bible says. Look at what the Bible says. I'm reading you what the Bible says. I'm not reading you my opinions. I'm reading you what's written by the Word of God. And then Mark chapter 16 verse 20 says this, okay? In verse 17 uh, Jesus tells them, these signs will follow those who believe. They will speak in new tongues. They will cast out devils. They will take up serpents. They will, if they drink anything deadly, uh, any deadly poison, it will surely not harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can talk about those signs later and what those actually mean and look like because you're not supposed to go and grab snakes and stuff and you're not supposed to drink poison. But... Jesus says that these signs will follow those who believe in verse 17 of Mark 16. And then here in Mark 16, 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So the thing that we have to understand is there's somewhere in there between Mark 16 and 17 and Mark 16, 20, when they actually go out and preach and the words are confirmed through the signs. Something happens there in between those verses. And what happens in between those verses is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. They are baptized in the Holy Spirit. When Peter is baptized in the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, he's not baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive power and then say, I received power, but he preached the gospel right after that, and 3,000 people were saved. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
not just so we can see the people see people healed not just so we can speak in tongues not just so we can prophesy we receive the baptism of the holy spirit so we can evangelize effectively it is a gift from God so that way we can go and see people saved by walking in the power of the kingdom of God not just in talk they went And the Lord worked with them and confirmed the words through the accompanying signs. When they went, it looked like something. They didn't just go in word. They went in power. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching through YouTube. Again, we answered all of those questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're not convinced now, I don't think you'll ever be unless the Lord just really touches your heart because all this is is the Bible. This is the words of God. And if you want to receive, email me. I would love to pray with you. I would love to call you and we could pray together or we could meet up and we could pray for you to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit because He is real. He is a person and He is ready to baptize you in Jesus' name. Once again, guys, Thank you for watching. If you have any questions, you can send them to jake at firefalling.org or you can do it through the Anchor or some of the other podcast things that we have going. Again, love you guys. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week on Tuesday.